He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in Stuck in the middle with you. So that's hi. This is Dick Morris. Uh, the clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I uh, want to talk to you today about what's going on in the world and begin with Vladimir Putin uh, meeting Joe Biden. Um, this does not call for an exhumation of Joe Biden. He's not dead yet. But, uh, but he might as well be. I mean, he, uh, Putin has got to walk out of that meeting and say, Oh my God, I just met a corpse <laughs> and, and just absolutely feel that he can run rings around him. This reminds me a little bit of 1961. Uh, I was 14 years old, but still I was following it. Uh, Kennedy met with Khrushchev and Kennedy had just been elected and Khrushchev had been in power for six years. And Kennedy's advisor said, don't go meet with Khrushchev. It's too soon. You're not prepared yet. But Kennedy was a fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants kind of guy. And he said, no, no, I can meet with him. I want to meet with him. So they set up a meeting in Vienna. And it was a total fiasco with huge negative consequences. Almost destroyed the human race, literally. Uh, what happened was that Kennedy went in to see Khrushchev. And Khrushchev just looked at him and said, this is a boy. This is a playboy. This is somebody who is not a serious person. And uh, I'll have no problem with this guy. I can push this kid around all I want. And Khrushchev was at heart a bully, and he saw his opportunity. And Kennedy in the first day was terrible. The second day of the summit, he tried to recover a little bit. But Khrushchev still walked away with the impression that he was not dealing with anyone formidable. And uh, that led directly to the Berlin crisis, uh, to to the – I'm sorry, excuse me. I have not yet learned to turn my stupid phone off when I do this. <laughs> uh, he it led directly to the Berlin crisis because uh, Khrushchev said, I can push this guy around. He's got nothing on me. And, uh, and immediately Khrushchev cut off access to Berlin over the highways. And that really – almost brought us to the brink of World War III. Uh, we had mobilized the reserves in the U.S. We put the draft back in place. We called up the National Guard in a number of states. And uh, and then that led directly to the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1963, where Kennedy finally had kind of gotten his sea legs, understood how he had to be president, and forced Khrushchev to back down, which led to Khrushchev being toppled from power the next year. But um, that summit meeting was a disaster, and it almost caused World War III. We came within an inch of World War III in the Cuban Missile Crisis. What actually happened was that one of the op- the Russians, you know, put missiles in Cuba, and that meant that they could hit the United States within 15 minutes, and it meant that our uh, that our dew line in the north over Canada would not pick up the incoming missiles in time. So it was a disaster. We couldn't let them do that. And uh, the and, and Kennedy, Kennedy had a couple of options. One which he chose eventually was blockade to stop other missiles from coming in. But there was big sentiment and almost a decision to do an airstrike on Cuba to knock out the bases. And we did not realize at the time that there were Russian troops in Cuba. 
subsequently they had a series of meetings about 10 or 15 years ago of the participants in the Cuban Missile Crisis on the Russian and on the American side. And it turns out there were 50,000 Russian troops in Cuba. And had we bombed those bases, we would have killed hundreds or thousands of them and triggered World War III. Russia at that point would have no alternative but to go to war with the United States and there would be no way to stop it from going nuclear. That's how close the planet came to being destroyed in 1963. That was almost the last year of the human race. And uh, thank God we got past it. But that summit meeting opened the door to that. And God knows what Putin is going to do when he comes away from meeting with Biden saying, what a pathetic guy I'm dealing with. Look at how weak he is. See how when Reagan was meeting with uh, Andropov and uh, Chernev or whatever his name was, Chernenko, the other prime minister, these corpses that they kept putting up there after Brezhnev died and before Gorbachev took over, uh, he said, my God, we have no opponents here. And uh, it led to uh, Reagan being very aggressive in his dealings with Russia and ultimately leading to Russia's downfall. So summit meetings are very dangerous, particularly when you're sending a senile old fool into the meeting. Um, Today, Biden said, you know, the number of of, uh, COVID cases is down from blank to blank in just the – since we took office on January 20th, 15 months ago. (laughs) Hey, guy, it was four months ago on The Real World. I can't believe this guy. So – we really now uh, we really now face a serious threat in having this meeting. I think that what Putin is going to think when uh, he walks into the room and meets with Biden goes something like this. I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes and just for that one moment I could be Just one time you could stand inside my shoes. You'd know what a drag it is to see you. Well, that's Vladimir Putin's song after he meets with uh, Biden. But he's not going to find it a drag to meet with Biden. He's going to be elated because he's met his opponent and he realize what, realizes how incompetent and senile he really is. Now, the... I want to talk about the critical race theory. We've had a lot of discussions about that. Rudy talked about it uh, an hour ago on the station. But there's a perspective I want to bring to it, which is what is it doing to our children? Uh, what is it doing to the kids in school who are being exposed to critical race theory? Become yourself Because the past is just a goodbye Teach your children well Their father's hell Did slowly go by And feed them on your dreams The one they picked The one you'll know by So what are kids supposed to do when they're sitting there and their teacher is spouting critical race theory? Uh, Biden has just allocated uh, significant money to the DOE, Department of Education, 
to teach critical race theory. And while the federal government does not have the power to tell localities what to put teach in their schools, they do have the power to hand out huge chunks of money to reward cities for doing that. And that's what they're doing. And the result will be that these uh, agencies so hungry for cash will grab on it and will teach anything that Biden wants them to teach. And the problem is, what do you do in a classroom when you're a fourth grade kid, white or black, and let's say your father is black and your mother is white, and you learn that your mother has exploited your father for generations or the other way around, and you learn that basically your father is good and your mother is evil, and your mother is a racist, your father is a victim. And that's the image that they take. That's what they learn about the world. Uh, it, the the damage that's going to be inflicted on young people is unbelievable. Let me know what you think. Uh, call 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. You know, the Oedipal theory that uh, psychiatrists love to talk about, that a kid wants to marry, a boy wants to marry his mother and kill his father, and that that's a tendency that exists in every young every young boy. Uh, what's what's critical race theory going to do to that? Uh, when they learn that their white father has always oppressed their black mother, and that their uh, black mother is downtrodden because of the exploitation from the white father, you, you're intervening not in a public policy issue. You're intervening in the intimacy of a family. You're stepping right in the middle of a marriage with this critical race theory. And you're basically saying one side is right and the other side is wrong. One is good, one is bad at an incredibly intimate level. And what's a fourth grade kid going to do with this information? That also, of course, he's learning that all of the success his family has in life, their their home, their apartment, their uh, everything – is entirely due to exploitation and racism. And suddenly the foundation crumbles under his feet of any kind of pride or any kind of uh, confidence uh, based on his upbringing and based on his past. It is so insidious. It's so vicious to be using children in this way and to be intervening and undermining their self-esteem. 12% of the population in the U.S. is African-American. 3% of the population in the U.S. are intermarriages involving blacks and whites. So you have about a quarter of all black marriages, uh, common law or real or or legal, uh, in which it's interracial. So you're dealing with the families of 9 million children and going in and teaching them all kinds of stuff that poisons their mind screws up their whole relationship with the parents, and for that matter, screws up the parents' relationship with each other. So let me know what you think. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. It is so irresponsible to raise this issue in the way that they've been doing. Today's segment is sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, we Inflation is now hitting... Uh, very high. The annual consumer price index is 9%, and we're undoubtedly headed for 18 or 20% inflation like we were in the 1970s. We've gone from America first to America last. 
Deutsche Bank, Germany's largest lender, says the U.S. is headed for its worst inflationary period in history. Job openings broke a 9.3 million open jobs, the highest in the history of U.S. data. Trump said last week, nobody has seen anything like this. Isn't it time for a little peace of mind and security in your life? Call the Patriot Gold Group today at 888-912-1469. 888-912-1469. They'll tell you how to convert your IRAs and your 401ks into gold-based funds or silver-based funds so that you're not dependent on the Federal Reserve Board allowing more and more money to be printing debasing your savings and debasing everything you have. So call the Patriot Gold Group at 888-912-1469. 888-912-1469. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on... Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the Stuck in the middle with you. There is a civil war coming up, and I don't mean the civil war going on between the two political parties. I mean a civil war within the Democratic Party. As he died, people just walked on by as I cried. It's not going to be a civil war between the North and the South. It'll be between the progressive wing, the AOC types, and the mainstream of the Democratic Party. And that is the inevitable consequence of Joe Manchin erecting a barrier, uh, a wall, uh, around the filibuster and making it impossible to get rid of the filibuster. That means Biden's agenda is dead, kaput, finished, over, and he's not going to get anything passed. What will probably happen is that he'll negotiate a series of very pro-Republican compromises to try to salvage at least some pride from the list of things he's trying to do. And, uh, you know, Voting Rights Act will be turned into just permitting early voting and weekend voting, nothing pernicious. Uh, and uh, the infrastructure will be basically build roads and bridges and maybe some charging stations. But, you know, nothing about climate change and elder care and uh, all that. And that is going to trigger a civil war. Uh, the squad, the left-wing Democrats, will not accept that. They will go completely ballistic. doesn't matter that they can't do anything about it. doesn't matter that they can't manufacture 10 votes. But the demonstrations are going to go on. You may even have riots in the cities over this. And Biden is going to be the one taking the brunt of the heat. Of the heat. He'll, they'll hit him for raising expectations and not being able to cash in on them. And that is going to be kind of fun for us to watch. Uh, let's go to Judith in Brooklyn with some thoughts on critical race theory. Hi, Judith. 
Yeah, hi, Mr. Morris. Um, let me just first say that I think the United States Department of Education should be sued, and I think Stephen Miller might be doing that. America First Legal Foundation, that's what I read. I hope he's going to come through because he wants to sue and hold and challenge back this kind of critical race theory. Right. Plus the 1619 Project, Mr. Morris. Shame on uh, Randy Weingarten. She's actually planning on, on, on teaching the 1619 Project. And Biden, how dare he? He got rid of the 1776 Project. And let me also say, teachers, teachers have to rise up besides parents. They have to rise up and they have to say, absolutely not. We're not teaching this Marxist indoctrination. And Mr. Myers, last but not least, the fact is, America has come a long way regarding blacks. Because if you look at the role models, Dr. Ben Carson, pediatric neurosurgeon, Oprah, Charlie Payne, Dominic Carter, Thomas Sowell, Clarence Thomas, and Larry Elder. These people are brilliant. And if you look at their backgrounds, they come from single mothers and grandmothers raising them and all kinds of stuff. And they have become so successful. And I'd like to know, Oprah, what she thinks about critical race theory. She of all people. And as far as Elon Omar, so, I think she should go back to Somalia, get rid of the police over there, and run the country over there. And see. Okay. Well, uh, look, a critical race theory is horrible because it basically uh, takes away any sense of individual responsibility or individual credit or blame for outcomes. It says it's preordained because of your race. And uh, I would hope that teachers would rebel against it, but they seem to march in lockstep behind Randy Weingarten. Uh, if you're looking for teachers to change the education system, uh, think again. What's going to happen is parents will change it by taking the kids out of traditional public schools and putting them in charter schools. And parents of all races are coming to that. Charter school enrollment has almost doubled since the pandemic started. Uh, let's go to uh, April in Queens, who has an interesting thought about my thought that critical race theory puts kids in an impossible position. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, we as adults, the cake has already been baked. We can decipher and judge and juggle these ideas around. But children that are going to be learning this and high school students, junior high school, learning these things, how are they going to perceive their neighbors in their building? This right. New York City, every other person could be a different race than you. Yep. How are you going to stand online at the grocery store, yep. at the post office, and say, yep. oh, that person, oh, they cut in front of me. I wonder why. Yep. They're going to get anxiety and paranoia. Yep. The people who are going to make money is going to be the child psychologist. And imagine if they're behind the wheel of a car when that hits them. You're absolutely road rage. You're absolutely right. You know, this is taking, this is literally tossing a stink bomb into our society. It's it's throwing something into it that can disrupt marriages, disrupt homes, screw up children's lives. Your point uh, is well taken. Uh, it can screw up neighborhoods and, sto- and, and buildings and homes. Uh, it's just so, so irresponsible, so unbelievably irresponsible. Let's go to Hank on Long Island. How are you doing, Hank? Hi there. I uh, I'm just uh, I was a little confused. You, you talked a little bit about uh, what is this, critical race theory, but I I can't I don't can't really quite wrap my head around uh, what it means. Could you give me an yeah. example? Yeah, critical race theory holds that 
all whites are racist. Uh, even if they're not consciously racist, they're unconsciously, subliminally racist. And that that's baked into them from birth. Uh, they go back and they say things like, you know, there's the black eye or the, uh, you know, the um, black hole or uh, in Westerns, the white hats are good and the black hats are bad. And that that has inculcated a racism at every level of our society, which has totally victimized the minority community. And that you must not move for equality, but you need to move for inequality, equity, they call it, to bend over backwards to discriminate against white people and to, uh, and to favor minorities because they have been oppressed all their lives. And it says that everything that a white person has achieved or white family has achieved has happened because of their exploitation of African-Americans and people of color. And uh, what that does to uh, a child, I don't know, that is just so horrific about making him choose between his parents, particularly if they're separated or anything like that. Uh, so so this is this is terrible. Let's go to Rob in New Jersey. Hey, Rob. Yeah, Dick, you're so on the mark about this critical race theory. I'm a retired public school uh, administrator, and if I was still in the system, there's no way I would, I would, you know, allow the Board of Education to even try with its attempts to do what it's doing. But remember, the superintendent is the one that makes these recommendations for any changes yeah. in the school systems, not Board of Education. Sure. They but- only vote on that. But you know, let's be honest. A lot of it's political. Board of Education's all the ones that call the shots. I need to cut you short, Rob, because I'm up against a break here. My point is not that the Board of Ed is going to do it, but the Department of Education at the federal level is incentivizing teaching of critical race theory by putting a ton of money into schools that do it. And that's going to functionally spread it throughout the whole country. Thanks for your call, Rob. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm so here's what's going to happen. Uh, Biden will go no place with his legislative agenda. The Equality Act, never going to come up for a vote in the Senate. The infrastructure bill, be stripped of everything except core infrastructure, um, you know, bridges and roads and stuff, probably some charging stations. The, uh, the right to work, the Protect the Right to Organize Act that basically repeals right to work laws throughout the country, that, that's going no place. Uh, none of this stuff is going to pass. It'll, none of this will even come up in the Senate for a vote. Filibuster will preclude it, and Manchin can't retreat from his opposition to closure at this point. So that's what's going to happen, and that is going to cause a democratic civil war. Uh, there will be open warfare between the AOC types and the Biden administration very similar to that which nearly broke out between McConnell and Trump and certainly did break out between Cheney and Trump. But this is going to be more significant because it's not just based on personalities or animosities. It's based on Biden's inability to produce on his agenda or to deliver on his campaign promises. And the progressives will scorn him and run out on him. It could lead to a 25th Amendment move to get rid of Biden and put Harris in, 
It could lead to Biden being pressured not to run again. It could lead to a Democratic primary against Biden if he tries to run again. Uh, or it could just lead to uh, a raging Democratic civil war that undermines their capacity to win. It couldn't happen to nicer people. Now, before Biden goes, he's giving us a final present, which is the IRS. Uh, the IRS is being revved up and strengthened by $80 billion of new spending over the next five or six years. Uh, the IRS now has 74,000 full-time equivalent employees. That's going to go very high. More people to harass you, more people to seize your accounts, more people to make unjustified claims about your taxes. And it comes here. Yep, tax man is coming. And the important thing to realize about the IRS is this is not just random injustices. This is the result of a systematic effort by the IRS workforce to employ only Marxist leftist types at the IRS and to promote the ones that are there and to hold back and get rid of those who don't subscribe to that kind of thinking. The IRS has become the home of class warfare in the United States. And the people that go to work there are, for the most part, people who are not sincerely interested in increasing revenues for the government. They want to sock it to rich people, get rich people, get business, sock it to business, uh, make them pay for their success, and vent their own personal animus and envy. There is a simple solution to this that I'm mad that Trump didn't do, and it's I hope that when Trump comes back, he'll do it. This is all led by the IRS Labor Union, Association of Treasury Employees. And they are a labor union, just like any other, but very far left, leftist ideology. And under their deal with the IRS, the union controls promotions and assignments and all kinds of policies that normally are prerogatives of management. So just like they went after this woman, Lois Lerner, went after the conservative organizations, uh, you will find so many uh, IRS employees who zero in on conservatives, zero in on rich people, on business owners, simply because of their own personal ideology. Now, the answer clearly is to pass a law just like we have for the Army and the Navy and the Marine Corps and the Air Force and others saying you may not form a labor union. You may not have a labor union. Uh, and uh, we preclude, we don't allow the FBI to have a union. We don't allow the CIA to have a union. We don't allow the Defense Department to do it. We should not allow the IRS to have a union. And um, we can do that legislatively. It isn't hard. Just pass a bill. And uh, when we get our majorities back, that's something we absolutely have to look at. I believe that we need more enforcement. I believe that we need to get rid of this system where Bezos and others make huge amounts of money, richest in the world, and pay no taxes. That is just an outrage. And the fact that they end up being liberals calling on all of us to pay more taxes simply compounds the felony. But until you get rid of the IRS union, you're never going to be able to discipline that. And we should not give more money to the IRS, feed this monster, because it's going to come back and haunt us. Uh, let's go to Susan in Brooklyn, who really 
has the answer to critical race theory, more charter schools. <laughs> hey, Susan, how are you? Yes, hi. First of all, the way you framed that issue was brilliant and uh, so down to earth and understandable of why it's so dangerous. But yes, the um, charter schools, a lot of people don't realize, are exempt from union work rules. That's why um, the you know, the left is so against them because they're yep. all puppets of the teachers union. Yep. So if we can get a totally more right about schools, that. if we can get charter schools, um, we need the cap raised because in the charter school bill, there's only a, a, a lower number than what the demand should be. Right. And then I believe that their curriculum would not have to be. Um, what they're mandating. No, no, it would not. And you're correct. The reason we don't have charter schools nearly as much in New York as in most other states is the legislature under the control of the teachers union has put a cap of 50, 50 charter schools for the entire state of New York. And they won't lift the cap and the cap just sits there. So, for example, in New York City, you have about twenty-five or 35,000 kids in charter schools. In Philadelphia, you have uh, well over 100,000. And for each one in the schools, you have four on waiting lists there. Uh, there are, in many states, charter schools now are past 10% of the student body. And total number of charter school enrollments have doubled since the pandemic. And the only difference between charter schools and the other public schools is the union domination. Uh, charter schools can promote their teachers as they want, pay them what they want, fire them when they want, and and manage them as they wish. And that is absolutely important. And you're right. The ultimate solution to teaching critical race theory is not to change the teachers, but to take the kids out of the school and put them someplace where they'll really learn. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Alex in Silicon Valley. How are you doing? You've called before. Good oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. I had uh, two possible, uh, I guess, ways of dealing with the critical race theory. The first one I think you already said it's basically school choice that'll let parent put the kid in in the environment that meets the parents uh, preference for culture social activities and uh, education and the second thing that can be done is to designate a month for the celebration of the heritage of european americans just like we have a month for african americans asian americans and hispanics and this would allow us to say the wonderful things that uh, European Americans have done and act as a counterpoint to what is being taught in critical race theory. Yeah. Well, I think that's okay. But, you know, the whole point here is colorblindness. And uh, this is the sacred center ground of American politics. Um, we fought like crazy in the Civil War and in the Civil Rights Movement to establish the national goal of equality. The effort began with the Declaration of Independence, and it's been a long, long fight. And now the left is coming in and saying equality is not what we should strive for, but equity is. And by equity, they mean discriminate against white people, favor people of color, and that'll compensate for past discrimination. Now, Biden has taken this to one other level, which is fascinating. He has gotten three or four federal laws passed that explicitly say people of color have preference over white people, explicitly say that in distributing the stimulus payments, for example, they in the restaurant thing where they were giving money to restaurants that were going broke. It explicitly said that priority should be given to applications from restaurant owners who are women or people of color. 
explicitly. Now, a lawsuit was brought about that in Tennessee, and the district court overturned that law. And just the last few days, uh, the uh, court has ruled, uh, stayed the implementation of the stimulus plan, giving priority to, um, to minorities and stayed the implementation of the $5 billion fund Biden has created for rural America, prioritizing farmers and rural workers who are people of color. Whites need not apply. I think you're going to see hundreds of lawsuits all over the country challenging the whole doctrine of racial supremacy in the statutes. And I think one after another, the courts are going to strike this stuff down. And I think in 2022 and 2024, the ground the Republican Party should stand on is the same ground Martin Luther King stood on, uh, fighting and battling for equality. Um, let's go to Jeff in Brooklyn. Hey, Jeff. Hi, hi, Mr. Morris. Uh, one of the things that our discussions about critical race theory leaves out, which completely would invalidate it or substantially would, is that so much of today's American population derives from people who came to the United States, whose ancestors came after 1865 from places where they were persecuted, second-class citizens and pogromed and murdered so that they could get away from them being second-class yep. citizens and came here only to put themselves uh, up by the bootstraps to be able yep. to become a free, uh, independent person who never even in many cases even knew about yep. black people, never mind that they're supposed to hate them or their <laughs> DNA is wired to hate people who they never heard about in the countries they came from Jeff, and exact. that their descendants today have no... Uh, obligation to black people before 1865 because there never was any connection to them in their ancestry. You're right. And uh, politically, uh, the impact of the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement has been to go to immigrant groups like Hispanics and Asians who chose to come to America for just the reasons you enumerated, Jeff, and are watching them tear down this country and saying, hey, this is a country I chose to be come to. I love it and don't knock it. Now, one of the things that's going on is that inflation is absolutely soaring in this country because of Biden's big spending stuff. Uh, we've gone from putting America first to putting America last. Uh, Deutsche Bank, Germany's largest lender, said the U.S. is headed for its worst inflationary period in history. Deutsche Bank pointed out that there is over $2 trillion of what they called excess savings, uh, the amount the consumers have set aside uh, when businesses were closed and they couldn't spend it. And it's sitting there in their bank accounts waiting to be spent. And then you add to that $5 trillion of government surplus, government uh, surplus spending, a stimulus spending and the like, over the last year. And that stimulus comes to 25% of our GDP. So you take that stimulus money and you take the $2 trillion in our checking accounts and they're just waiting to be hit, to hit our market. And you have a budget deficit that now is running at about 14% of GDP and that's adding to that. And when all of that hits the market, uh, demand will so outstrip supply that prices are going to soar. So give yourself some peace of mind. Call the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, the only way to avoid this kind of inflation, wiping out your retirement savings, is to put it into gold or silver. 
Patriot Gold will do that and will show you how you can take your existing IRA or 401k and premise it on gold or silver, not on cash that the Federal Reserve Board can print. God can make gold or silver, but the Fed can make money, and we should trust God before we trust the Fed. Their number is 888-912-1469, Patriot Gold Group, 888-912-1469, It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. stuck in the middle of a boom in IRS enforcement. Uh, the uh, Biden administration is putting $80 billion more into IRS enforcement, uh, and uh, if they can increase the number of agents from the current 74,000 to well over 100,000. And they are organized by the IRS union. It's called the Treasury Workers Employees Union, which is the most left-wing union in the country. Uh, they're dedicated Marxists, damn close to communists. And they work at the IRS because it's the way that they can get their, their rocks off for class warfare. Uh, let's go to Max in Riverdale, who has some thoughts about that. Hey, Max. Regarding your tax uh, question, uh, Donald Trump is not going to run for president in 2024. He's going to be indicted by the Manhattan grand jury, and uh, uh, there's a grand jury being seated, and Wesselberg, his controller, is uh, getting on the bandwagon first to clear his uh, backside, so he's going to give up Mr. Trump. And the reason there's going to be a uh, a tax indictment is in that for three reasons. First, uh, Mr. Trump. Uh, well, let me let me go on with that. The uh, it's altogether possible that you're right. Uh, the a, a grand jury in New York, for that matter, a regular jury in New York, is going to be so loaded with liberals and Democrats and people who dis who hate Trump, uh, they could indict him for crossing the street. Uh, the question is, will the federal, will the appellate courts sustain that? And will the voters understand that this is a, a frame up worse than, uh, the Russia hoax, worse than the first impeachment, worse than the second impeachment? It's part of the ongoing saga to do everything short of assassination to try to stop Donald Trump. I think voters will see through it. I think they'll understand it, and I don't think it's going to derail Trump. But I do agree with you. It definitely is a threat. Gary in Staten Island with an interesting oh, question. Uh, hey, Gary. Uh, Professor Dr. Morris, it's always very profound to uh, share my thoughts with you. Well, thank you. You really know what you're talking about, and... But and don't deserve either history, of those titles. And you've lived history. <laughs> but I don't, you don't need me to tell you any of that. Enough of that. The grand race hustler, real estate scam.
scam that you uh, mentioned that you just touched on when I turned on the radio in this age of the $6 trillion man, i.e. Biden, the front man for question mark, is in fact nothing more or less that uh, uh, Dick than reparations by any other name, of course. Yeah, right. Uh, the reparations hustle, right? Yep. Uh, well, go on. Uh, now now I'll be quiet and, of course, no, get out of your way. You're right about that, Gary, and thank you for your kind words. Yeah, the uh, the whole theme of equity as opposed to equality, of saying we're going to treat people differently based on their race, based on the perceived uh, grievances of the past, and that we're going to uh, do that uh, is to make reparations. Now, reparations, first of all, Three hundred and three hundred and thirty thousand white Union soldiers died in World War and Civil War to uh, make slaves free. Uh, you know, Battle Hymn of the Republic has the chorus that says, uh, "Across the lily, across the lilies of the valley, Christ." Something. I'm sorry, I'm mixing it up, but it says he died to make men holy. Let us fight to make them free. And we did, and those civil, those Union soldiers, I think, are reparation far more than anything we can do now. This is eight generations later. What purpose is served by giving money to the great, 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 great grandparents of people that are alive today? Uh, how is that justice? I think it's not. Uh, let's go to John in Brooklyn. Hey, John. Yeah. Thank you very much. I would like to know why it hasn't been brought up that for hundreds and hundreds of years before this country even started, North Africa, the Africans were control, in control of slavery. They were in the slave trade. They yep. sent the slaves all over the world, their slaves, their black slaves, and they sent the white slaves that they gathered from all of the ships that went through the Mediterranean to, to Turkey and the other Islamic republics. Yep. These, these North African places were That's what the, were, Barbary, uh, pirates, that's so, what the Barbary pirates were yeah. all about. Over a million and a half were taken prisoner, particularly Italians. So if we're going to talk about reparations, why don't the blacks pay the Italians and all the French and the Spain and all the other people, the whites, that they enslaved and sent to Islam yeah. back east? Well, the whole idea of basing this on race is absurd. Uh, the fact is the United States uh, imported slaves because uh, they were – they were urged to do so, uh, to produce sugar and uh, other commodities that you could get in the Caribbean more cheaply. And uh, that led to slavery in the U.S. Um, we abolished slavery in 1863. Britain did it in 1809. Uh, France did it uh, before Britain. So we clearly were laggard in that. But we're the only country that fought a war that tore itself apart and killed something like 3 or 4% of our male population uh, to eliminate slavery. And we did. I'm damn proud of that. And those are the reparations that I think we need to consider proudly. Uh, John in Staten Island has an interesting thought. Let's see. Hey, John, what's up? Hello there, Dick. Uh, question for you. Uh, Biden somehow came up with a magical number of 12 million illegal aliens living in this country. Yes, yeah, some so say we're 15. looking at 12 million people living in this country, and an average salary just to stay here is about 30 grand a year, which 12 million people are not, you know, producing any income tax uh, forms. And we're looking at about a half a trillion a year, 
and let's go back four years with Trump and eight years with Obama, that's 12 years. We're talking about trillions of dollars from illegals that John, have not I, been collected. John, I want, I want to interrupt you about that. Um, I agree with your thought, but your fact isn't right. Um, the illegal immigrants do pay sales tax on everything they buy. When they rent property, they pay real estate taxes. And uh, if even if they were fully legal and U.S. citizens and they made 30000 they would pay no income tax. Uh, functionally, anyone who makes that level of income in the U.S. now pays no taxes. Courtesy of Donald Trump, by the way, whose tax cut is allegedly for the rich, but what it really did was to help poor people not pay taxes. So I agree with you that illegal immigrants are a burden on our society and that they need we need to stop admitting them into the country. But it's wrong to say that they don't pay taxes. They They do. And in fact, they pay Social Security taxes when they're not eligible for Social Security benefits. So in a way, they're they're supporting the rest of us on that. Let's go to Ralph in the Bronx. Hey, Ralph. Uh, I'm calling from New Jersey, Dick. Uh, okay. I just want to touch on the foreign policy of Joseph Biden, okay? Uh, if he is this incapable of standing up to Putin, how do you suppose the man will hold China accountable well, I for hope- the Wuhan lab virus? Yep. I I hope. Thanks for the question. I think that's a good one, uh, Ralph. Uh, My hope is that we boycott the Olympics next year in 22 uh, as a international demonstration of our anger against China for what it did. And it is not a question for me. I don't think there's any doubt that it came from the Wuhan lab, not from some stray bat. The theory that a bat caused this is absolutely, pardon the pun, but batty. <laughs> it was obviously a leak from the lab. Was the leak deliberate or was it uh, accidental? What business did they have making this thing in the first place? This isn't a virus that occurs naturally. It isn't a virus that comes about as a result of a natural mutation uh, over which we had no control. It was a deliberately induced mutation, which they call a function enhancer, uh, to make a virus that would be that lethal and would spread that quickly. And it was developed by the Chinese Communist Party military, developed by them, pioneered by them, created by them. And then if it leaked accidentally, well, what the heck did you expect when you make this kind of thing? By simply making it, by simply putting those test tubes together and creating this virus, China committed an unfathomable international war crime. And the people who did that uh, deserve to be tried at a Nuremberg-like trial. U.S. getting compensation, reparations for it? Yeah. And we have two ways of doing it. One is increase tariffs on Chinese products, double them, and over a year you'll get about $20 billion, $20 billion more, which become reparations. Or stop paying Chinese debt that we owe them uh, and, and take it out of the debt payments we owe them. Uh, we've got China over a barrel, and let's let's use it, and let's be aggressive about it. Uh, we can't sit back and let China do this to the world without suffering tremendous consequences. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 